Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, now proudly in association with Scrum. Get yourself on scrummagazine.co.uk for all the latest Scottish rugby news. They also run a quarterly print magazine. Get yourself onto scrummagazine.co.uk and subscribe. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Now, onto the pod. Is Hugh Jones moving to Leicester? Should Khaleesi have been red carded? And which Glasgow Warriors players just won the Grand Slam of Darts? Here we go. All right, and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. And Alan is hosting us again in his flat, and we cat um, Alan Jacobson's just left us a wee present as well. Welcome to the Casa de Little. <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> um, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Um, big weekend of Scottish rugby to talk about. Scotland obviously going down to South Africa, so we're going to be getting right into that. You're listening to us on Acast and iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. It has been a massive... Um, week of clickbait on our twitter account and that is um at thistle rugby pod and the memes over on instagram that is thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and it's been a quiet week for the mailbag but you can email us and we love to hear from you and that is the thistle rugby at gmail.com so um let's have a look at the agenda we've got some news um and then we're going to look back obviously at the scotland versus south africa game um, Alan, I have it written down here that you have a quiz. Any, I do. Pre- any preview you can give us of that? El Capitans. El Capitans. Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're a fun mid. Um, and then uh, after that beautiful quiz, we're going to go on to Scotland, preview Scotland versus Argentina. And then the return of the Pro 14. Um, we'll have a quick chat about that as well. Sound good, lads? Perfect. Can't wait. 
Let's get cracked into it. Starting with, straight off the back of a great performance for Scotland, Hugh Jones. Lots of rumours flying around about his future. SRU supposedly have tabled an offer of about £235,000 a year to keep him. But it seems that he may well be off to Leicester Tigers. What do you guys make of that? Well, yeah, no, so we've heard he's agreed, but hasn't signed with Leicester Tigers. No, he's been he's been offered a contract with Leicester offered Tigers. Offered a contract. Whether he's agreed or not, I don't know. But we are we're pretty confident he has definitely been offered a, um, mm. an agreement, a, a contract with Leicester. So we'll see how that goes. Do you think he's just come back to them today and he's like, "Did you see Saturday?" <laughs> no, I think his but agent his yeah. agent has. Yeah, yeah, yeah surely <laughs> his agent has probably had that. It is licking his lips. Cardiff game, and he's like, "Can't push this now." Yeah. <laughs> He was waiting. Yeah, Yeah. and now obviously Hugh Jones has an amazing game on Saturday, Sunday morning. Everyone's talking about Hugh Jones' massive offer down at Leicester. Yeah, fair. It's it's a bit of a strange one, though. I mean, I think there have been some rumours that he might go down south, but Leicester hadn't really been mentioned. And obviously they are big clubs still, despite recent struggles, but I kind of think it's like not that great a move for either of them. Leicester need forwards and they keep signing backs and it's not been working for a number of years now. I guess the thing is, it looks like Manitou Laggy's out of contract at the end of the year. So they're probably seeing Hugh Jones as a cheaper, more reliable outside centre option. Yes, but at the same time, he's still going to be away for a big chunk of the year playing for Scotland. But then I suppose he's not under the SRU so they can play him whenever they want, effectively. It, It does just seem a bit weird. I don't... If Hugh Jones is going to leave... Glasgow, you'd want to see him at an extra Saracens or maybe even Gloucester. Yeah, because you or want to see Wasps or something challenging for the Premiership. Yeah. I just don't think Tigers for the next two years anyway are going to be in that sort of top tier of rugby. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, you never know. That as I say, they are still a big club. So a few decent signings in the forwards in particular. Yeah, then you know maybe something could change. But yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. I do think he's doesn't his girlfriend live down in England as well. Is that right? So that's some good Instagram creeping there. That is some real Instagram. <laughs> I didn't know she had the location on her photos. I'm gonna have, to, I'm she gonna have to have a look at that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, that is too much. Um, but this all comes amongst a sort of a spate of uh, conversation about Edinburgh and Glasgow signings. Um, about fifty players across the sort of SRU contract book up at the end of this year. What did you guys make of that? I mean. Is it is this just sort of the natural way of things, or is this the sort of really bad management from the SRU? What do you think? I think it's a bit of a mix. Like I think because it seems that the SRU and probably a lot of rugby teams like to have their players signing two-year contracts extensions. So yeah. there's there's going to be a lot of churn, and because it's a World Cup year as well, there's going to be people who are I don't know assessing their options. Yeah, but to have that many, like close to fifty, seems a bit careless. Yeah, I think we have to assume that some of them have already re-signed. Yeah, I think from a few conversations that we've had, we understand that a few have re-signed, certainly at Glasgow. Yeah. And then you would have thought Edinburgh are pretty much the same. I mean, if you get people on two-year contracts every year, some people are going to be in entering contract negotiations. Half your team is going to be in contract negotiations. I mean, that kind of is the sort of the way it is. And I suppose if you've only got one employer, two rugby clubs, that's just going to be a pretty constant state. There's a couple of key positions I was we're looking at Glasgow where literally every prop I think bar one yeah is out of contract then oh, yeah so they got Kebble Batty Ray Ferguson the Nuke Allen all 
technically, unless they've re-signed and they haven't announced it yet, are out of contract to the end of the year. Yeah. So that feels like... Get rid of the nuke, keep the rest of them? I mean, yeah, that's exactly where you want to go. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see... Maybe with the exception of Oli Kebble. Well, I'm Kebble, not sure any of them are going to leave. Well, Oli Kebble's got to stay if he wants to play for Scotland. Well, exactly. So I can't see... Unless he goes to Edinburgh. Unless he goes to Edinburgh. <laughs> Edinburgh, got, Edinburgh got so many props, though, that it's like, yeah. well, okay... It's just the natural order of things. Alex Allen, Darcy Ray, they're not leaving. All the props should just get together and be like, alone, we're nothing, but together. What, another, another union? Another Stop un- wanting unions. A union within the union. <laughs> a union is not an answer to everything, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's going to end up being fine. They'll pr- I reckon they'll probably... I think they've probably got a plan in place for what they're wanting to do. I'm sure they do, yeah. I'm sure these conversations are happening. I'm I'm also sure that Mark Palmer, who wrote this story at the weekend, also wrote this story last year. Yeah. I reckon he's got it earmarked as like a yearly thing. He's like, right, trying to give the SRU a bit of a kicking over contracts. Like, Sunday Times, do you want 500 words? Because I've got it ready. Yeah, exactly. He's going to change some names and some dates. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we will keep an eye on that. I'm sure we'll hear from the clubs soon enough when they start. Um signing um some players um matt the tenants premiership was back do you want to give us a rundown of how that went at the weekend i do so it was friday night lights to kick things off and watsonians uh, got a really good win over harriet's in that match at myerside absolutely on a roll the sonians aren't doing they? really really well uh, unfortunately hate to see it um <laughs> Then um, Melrose continued their good form, putting Hawks to the sword, 49-7 at Balgray. Curry beat Air in what seemed like a pretty emotional match following the death of um, Curry stalwart Campbell Reynolds. Uh, it looked like it meant a lot to the club. Um, Sterling County beat Ackies, who are still looking for their first win. And Boromir beat Hoyk, 26-12. I think the best matchup in that was Daryl Martha was playing for Boromir against, I think his name's Gary Douglas for Hoyk, who's a 37-year-old director of rugby who had to come out of retirement and was up against Daryl Marfo. And do you want to know the best thing about that was exactly a year to this weekend Daryl Marfo was starting against New Zealand. I mean <laughs> someone's got to get the rights to this guy's like life as a film. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's going to come back and he's going to start in the what? World Cup final for Scotland. What is going on? <laughs> I have no idea. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, how can you go from that level of performance to this level of performance? I just don't know. It, 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 is, it is truly un- unbelievable. Yeah. Old cock is a prick to his face or something. Is he done? Like, I don't get it. And then was it Scott Lawson playing number eight for Melrose? Oh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's played a few games this season for them in the back row and at hooker because they had a, they had a hooker crisis at some point. And sort he, of brought him out of is retirement. Is the answer for Scotland at number eight? He was actually looking a bit leaner than he used to. <laughs> he? I was quite surprised. Maybe got, it was just the people he was up against. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They made him look like athletes. Yeah. <laughs> One other last piece of news. Yeah, go on then. Gerwin Price, Glasgow Warriors legend oh, and hero, won the Grand Slam of darts, uh, what, yesterday or two days ago? Against, against Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. So who was he? No one has heard of him. He came on loan from Cross Keys for a month between February 2013 and March 2013, and started one game against Zebra and came off the bench against Newport Dragons. 100% record. Love that. Done. Amazing. He's still an absolute unit. Oh, yeah. I reckon he could still do a job. He's the fittest darts player ever. (laughs) The rest of them are a joke. Mate, don't get many people who are professional in two sports. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) 
That's going to be a great pub quiz question. That is a great yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> Go win, right? Okay. If anything, too too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other news? I think that's everything. No. Nope. Well, let's move on to the big talking point of the week: um, Scotland versus South Africa, Saturday night at sold out BT Murrayfield. Twenty points to twenty six. Tries for Scotland from Pete Horn with an absolute worldie and Hamish Watson, Laidlaw adding all of the extras. Um, I was there. It was really good. The lights out bit was a bit funny, though. Why? Well, they had... So it's lights out, and then there's like a light show and things like that. And then... So they had the Red Hot Chili Pipers doing um, Loch Lomond. And that was, yeah. oh, this, is, this is good. It's getting everyone pumped for it. And then they finished. But instead of doing a second song, they just put like um, Ed Sheeran on the iPod. And they're just nice. like, here is what's Ed with, What's wrong with that? It was just a bit strange. <laughs> Castle on the Hill, Edinburgh yeah, Castle, Castle on the Hill. I, I actually hadn't thought of that. <laughs> that was Castle of the Sky. No, no that's an Eric Prince song. All oh, right. <laughs> the, the Ed Sheeran's on Castle, or on, Castle the hill. on the Hill. And then the teams came out to Castles on the Hill. <laughs> that's quite strange. Then there was the National Anthems, and then they played Loch Lomond again for the countdown to the kickoff. There you go. Okay. So, I mean, it was cool. Like, it's really cool. You guys were at the New Zealand game last year, weren't you, when they did it the yes. first time? Yeah. No, it was, it was really good. It I is... actually missed it because I was weighing a card machine. So... <laughs> card machine. <laughs> so that's essentially my thoughts on the South Africa game. That's the whole thing. Got, that sounds quite much, good. Yeah. That sounds you guys quite good. anything else to add? Um, not all bars have card machines at Murrayfield. Not all bars, bars have card machines. The, the budget only went to half the bars. Yeah. I actually stood in one of those lines, and then I was like, I don't see one. I do not see one here. Just big paper signs saying, only cash. <laughs> there wasn't, though. Oh, really? really? There wasn't. There you go. So um, that was really frustrating to see. But on the game, great first half, absolutely hanging second half. Yes, I would say so. Um, what, were your, what were your top lines? And then we'll get into a few of the bigger talking points. Top lines, I think that it... In one way, it's quite heartening that I don't think anyone thinks Scotland played particularly well, mm. but they finished within six points against South Africa and probably could have won it. Absolutely. Although partly, I actually thought South Africa were pretty budget for a lot of the game. Yeah, I'd go the other way and say that's a big missed opportunity. Yeah. Because you've sort of... South Africa team that haven't probably picked their best team. Like, still a strong team, but... Not playing that well, still finding their feet, I think. They don't quite know what kind of rugby they want to play. And Scotland had chances. Frontline players missing Etzebeth and Faf the Clerk. Yeah. I mean, it's still a very strong South Africa team, though. I don't of think, course it like, is. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mike Blair, um, Scotland assistant coach, was up in front of uh, the press uh, yesterday, I think, after the game. Um, and our partners, Scrum Magazine, were down there. And um, here's what Mike had to say. We've obviously had... Uh times in the past where we've been well well beaten by South Africa probably historically that's been the case and so it's actually quite rewarding in a way that I don't think we played to the the best of our ability but we're in the game right until the end so that that's a positive obviously there's there's still frustration at a um, few missed opportunities that that ultimately would have given us a, a win but yeah we, we didn't play our best and, and South Africa quality team um, and uh, and we were in the fight until the end. So there you go. Um, one sort of big talking point, I think, and it's one that Tom English at the BBC raised pretty well. I think, are Scotland missing that sort of hard-nosed edge up front where we're just coming up short and we just don't have those really aggressive sort of forwards that can win us those very physical battles like against South Africa? I mean, first five minutes, 
the forwards were absolutely piling into rucks and they were getting really, really quick ball. Mm. And I was like, this is absolutely great. This is a real step up from the Fiji and Wales game. And then post that, it just completely fell off, fell off a cliff. Yeah. And they were completely dominated at ruck time. Okay, I th- yeah, I thought the was the Jesse Creel try where they went through the phases. Yeah. Like um That was oh, when Hundred Pollard made his break. Yeah, sorry. It just seemed as if it was just too easy. Yes. Like oh they were just getting through each time and it almost seems as if Scotland yeah. were stepping off the in defence. Um which is a bit of a shame really. Because well, I think for the rest of the time they were pretty combative. Yeah. I think the, the they lost the breakdown battle. I think South Africa won thirteen turnovers, Scotland only won three. Yeah. So that's just a huge amount of ball to be coughing up yeah. at, at ruck time. Um, at least one of the, which directly led to a try. Yeah, exactly. The Creel try, Ryan Wilson rushing up out of the line. I'm actually going to... You're going to cut some slack? I'm going to cut some slack for Are Ryan you? Wilson. I actually think that it was Hamish... Because Hamish Watson, for some reason, just before Hondre Pollard... Hondre Pollard? Pollard. Pollard was past the ball. Hamish Watson was in that sort of guard position. Yeah. And actually turned inside and started to move behind the ruck. So when the ball got passed, he wasn't in the line. So Pollard stepped inside and there was a gap between Watson and Wilson. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. So basically, because Watson got distracted, he left pretty big dog leg. Yeah. Pollard stepped in yeah, and went straight through that gap. So I actually don't think that was particularly Wilson's fault. Um, and then, yeah, for the... But I do, you I mean, both tries for South Africa felt a little bit amateurish. They were soft. I mean, the second try in particular, I mean, somebody put it on one of the forums this week. It's, are Scotland's restarts more of a shambles than Brexit? And I'm inclined to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are horrific. Yeah, because it wasn't only just the turnover for the second try, but there was also a couple of other ones where we just weren't able to deal with that ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it kind of felt like it was maybe something we were moving away from. But It felt that way, didn't it? Brexit just comes back to bite you in the ass, doesn't it? <laughs> it was the other one. I think Johnny Gray dropped one after we'd just scored a penalty and we'd been sort of collecting the ball and then it completely shifted the game. I think it granted them another kick at goal to basically nullify it. Well, yeah. It was after one of our tries or something like that. Yeah. It was a real... It's just... It's so basic. But I think the restarts are secondary to the exits point. I just... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'm all... I think I like this sort of you know, cavalier way of running it out of everywhere. But sometimes you've just got to put your laces through it. Yeah. And especially when you've got Hogg, who at I one know. point in the game did like a 65, 70 yeah. meter spiral. It's ridiculous. It so nice. Just yeah. give it to Finn and then chuck it way back behind a pod of forwards. Yeah. And I'm just, just like, we can get distance. We and... can do all of the nut stuff, 22 to 22. Yeah. But particularly against a team like South Africa. Yeah. Well, particularly against a team like South Africa who aren't, probably going to counter-attack a lot of the time as well. Yeah. It's not as if you're sort of kicking to that dangerous a back three. It was it was really, really frustrating. It's just those little it's things, quite amateur. Those, those sort of add up and you lose by six points. Yeah. Um, just going back to the point you made around the turnovers, what, 13-3 win. Yeah. I think it was Fraser Brown in the week made like a pretty interesting point around how you know both teams are always trying to cheat. You're on the edges of the law. And you know, both teams are gonna try and get away with yeah, what they sure. can. Mm. I know we mentioned it a bit last week around players being savvy. 
And actually, there was a few times in the game where South Africa got given a turnover. There was one particular one where Vermeulen, quite near the end of the game, got a turnover. And there was absolutely not a chance in hell he was holding his weight. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And actually, there was was arguments that that happened quite a couple of times for South Africa. But the ref was pinging it. Yeah, the ref was a bit all over the shop. But then, uh, yeah, as we were talking about, you've got to adapt to that. Yeah. And yeah, and to get someone like Hamish Watson just having a go at the ball each time and seeing what you can get away with. And I, I just don't think we have a pack that seems to be able to adapt to the conditions of the ref. And I think that's actually something that's come to light both for Glasgow and Scotland over the last year. So do you think against England last year, we just that's what we were always going to do? We just got a ref that was really happy with how we were playing the breakdown? Yeah, yeah I think there's an element of that. Yeah. And England, conversely, didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't. Yeah. They weren't streetwise. Yeah, I think you're right. So when we lo- you lose that physical battle, particularly against a team like South Africa. You're always going to be chasing your tails. Mm. How did you feel um, Laidlaw and Russell worked and sort of managed the game? I thought Russell was a shambles, FYI. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, that's just no, my, no. That's just, I, I, that's just I, my opinion. I find it hard to disagree with that. I think he did some nice things, but just overall, it's just one of those really inconsistent errors during performances that we know he can do well so i think south africa had a sort of blitz defense so they were like rushing up 13 14 and i think basically there's three ways to beat a blitz defense you can either kick over which we tried to do Mm. but finn just was not able to execute yeah almost any kick throughout the whole game yeah you can try and go really deep and go around them Mm. which we did a couple of times a couple of times one being the horn try yeah Yeah. and then the last one is you get such go forward ball at like between basically nine and twelve that the defense is on the back foot and isn't able to rush up yeah and we just don't have that third option that's true so russell's always going to have to kick or try and get it as deep and wide as yeah which which are higher risk plays yeah or option four which is like quadruple misses over the top of people, which we had to run a couple of times. I feel that yeah. kind of falls into the bucket of getting round. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> getting rid. But just not as well. No, and yeah, the I one, agree. We were lucky for that one, well, certainly to get the yellow card, but that wasn't picked up and it was a clean run in for yeah. Willie LaRue. Yeah. But it kind of, it all sort of snowballed. So because we weren't able to get a goal for a ball between yep. sort of the nine and 12, and because we weren't generating quick ball by being basically savage enough at the breakdown, it therefore meant we therefore weren't making any yards in the midfield and Laidlaw was getting was shoveling out slow ball, yeah. which means you essentially have a defence that isn't going backwards and has ample time to set themselves up. Yeah, And that's when Finn then feels boxed in mm. and starts trying to chuck these ridiculous mispass or chip kicks, I feel. Oh, God, it was the lateral kick passes like the Bowden Barrett kick passes that he was trying that really like, tipped, yeah. tipped me over the edge yeah like they're amazing when they come off but there was the one that almost gave away yeah yeah another try for South Africa got picked and up and that's by when Willie we were LaRue. 7-0 down yeah yeah. and it was prayer and it was about on the 10, it was on our 22 in. yeah it was. but I mean we just yeah we're just always going to get that with Finn and probably in the end the, the good outweighs the bad yeah in terms of good performances but I think Laidlaw going off for like the last... He was off for about the last 20 minutes or so, wasn't he? Yeah. I think that had a bit of an effect in the decision-making that was being made on the field. What do you think is the logic behind that? Pre-planned? I don't know, but he went off essentially at the same time that Hoggy went off having rolled his ankle. 
So you lose two very yeah. big voices or yeah. leaders on the pitch in one go. We're at that stage, maybe three points down, possibly six points down already. Mm. Chasing a game to try and win it. We get presented with that opportunity to kick to the corner or take the points to go to 23 all. Yeah. And we go to the corner. Now, there's lots of debate we can have about that. But I think if Grieg had been on the pitch... You would have <laughs> take, they would have taken the points. I think we, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Was he still on the pitch? I, I think he was. No, I think he was at was the time. That, that was why people corner? are most aggrieved. Yeah, well then. I find the rationale for going for the points there just... I, I don't understand it. Yeah. You mean going for the corner? Going for the... Sorry, yeah, not, not going sorry, for the going, points. Not going for the points. You're three points down, yeah. 20 minutes to go in like a test match. I know. Which should be essentially... It's not five minutes to go. Like yeah. it's, you've got time. It's a strange one. I just don't think there is... I know they had a couple of malls that made yards. Weirdly, that one in the midfield, which I haven't seen done yeah, that was for funny, a long period of time. Yeah. But I did not back Scotland set up to get that mall over. Hmm against South Africa. I just don't think we have a strong enough... Pack. If we can't do it against Wales, then why, can, why should we be able to do it against South Africa? It's yeah. a bit of a concerning area, because, I don't know, to my mind, executing a mall from, like, five metres out or wherever, ten metres out, should be fairly easy. Yeah. Like, I'd like to see the stats, but I would... I'd be surprised if it tell weren't the to, attack. Tell that to Glasgow against Saracens. In well, the no, no, exa- well. exactly, but maybe that is just one pack is better than the other. But surely the percentage of successful attempts is more than well attacks yeah. versus defence. That's what I think, at least. But. And there had been a couple of successful ones. Maybe they're thinking, and it's a completely dis- different proposition. They had a very successful mauling day against Fiji. As I say, a completely different proposition. But like, <laughs> it's in their minds. They're positive about it. It's seen as a weapon for Scotland. Rightly or wrongly. Yeah. I just, I just still think in that situation, you know, you're playing against oh, the, what, like... I think fourth best team in the world 23 all you get the ball back here we go yeah. oh, I'm sorry you sacrifice three points and then Finn Russell chucks a 45 meter drop goal yeah L- like yeah, yeah like, that's what, true if, if there's, he did almost get it though he, it, it was quite a sweet <laughs> drop goal I will give him that I was thinking I was like he is scrapping this like straight into yeah, yeah, yeah. the back but, of Skinner or something <laughs> but he fucking nailed it but when you're looking at like the rationality of decisions if the rationale when you've got an easy kick for three points is to go for the corner it goes completely against taking a 40, yeah. 40 and also that's the closest Finn Russell's ever got with a drop goal and it was from 45 meters away a shot to nothing yeah <laughs> why can't he just get a normal like 20 meter one I know I don't know it's quite good fun though um positives though we touched on it before um that Pete Horn try was really something special, wasn't it? So the Hugh Jones, the double behind the back. Yeah. I actually preferred the second one. I preferred the second one. Yeah. Just um, a little flick of the wrist. Because it was less sort of reactive and more like... Yeah, I've yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah, I've thought about this and I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's incredible from Pete Horn, though, because Pete Horn gets smashed. Yeah, by, by Creel in the midfield. Yeah. 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 Then gets up and hits that... Yeah. Um, that support line. Do you think Maitland could see him coming? Could see Jones coming? I don't think he did. He, do you think he just I don't know. that back in field? From, from the TV angle, it looks like Laidlaw's the only person there and he just wings it he and then Jones appears, but maybe we should give him a bit more credit than that. I know. When you look at the other view, you're like, I think he might have meant to. Oh, that's like a hanging pass. Yeah. No, I agree. Though I, I was the same as you. I was like, I don't know if he's meant that, but I will take this. Yeah. So that was Hugh Jones back to his best. And before he went off, Hoggy was looking 
yeah. really, really special. Yeah. Yeah. His kicking game. He's doing all the kicking now, apart from at goal. Restarts are, they're very high. They're, the distance is not quite right, though. Some of them are too long. None of them are like right on that sort of regaining possession line. Yeah, which I'm quite surprised by because I think that's like fairly easy to execute, or it should be. Like you're not under loads of pressure. I'm not saying I could do it. I mean, maybe I could do it, but people in Prem One are doing it every week, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone like Fraser Climber Air is probably doing it. Like, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I actually think, in general, that we're pretty poor at challenging for so do I. kicks. Yeah. Like, even I don't think Tommy Seymour is bringing that much when they're sort of challenging he, for bowling. Yeah, I mean, he's... Seymour is really good under the high ball. Why not use him as a, or just put him in the middle of the pitch and then put it, you know, straight up? Yeah. And say you're you're the best under the ball. There seems to be quite a general trend though of almost attacking wingers not attacking, and they almost just wait for the other person to catch and then. Put- I wonder if there is an element of if I get up there, I'm going to get a red card. Yeah. If I get this wrong, there's. I think so there is an element. Yeah, I think there is an element of that. Um, but I thought you know, Hoggy looked great, and it seems that his rolled ankle was just sort of precautionary he said he's fit for the weekend if he's wanted mm. yes um, so that is really really good um last talking point for me is the thing that's kind of dominated the post match particularly on sort of twitter and we have contributed to that a little bit the south african captain khaleesi on the ground reverse headbutt on peter horn sighting commissioners said not quite a red card because he's being held down. What do you guys make of it all? I, uh, I think it should at least have been a yellow for sure. Yeah, and I think probably by the letter of the law, I'm sure it is a red. The only potentially saving grace is that when you are held back and your arms are held back, it's a little bit instinctive to kind of fling your fling your head back. Saying that. Something should have. Something yeah. should have happened. Yeah. I suppose it is instinctive, but then you are a professional rugby player. You should probably be like, actually, if I swing my head back here, yes. My, what if <laughs> you? should re- yeah. re- reject that instinct because. But if yeah, you if it. you headbutt someone on the chest, is that? There's a dan. Yeah, exactly. If you do a Zinedine's dan, is that? That's presumably a red card as well. It doesn't have to be in the forehead, right? I've. I mean, we have that. I don't, have I don't, I don't really know. I don't think it's happened before in, well, in an international match, but... Maybe we should... I don't know. I think that. that seems as if... And then I just think the way that it's been handled afterwards with World Rugby saying, oh, it's okay because Pete Horn was holding him down. Which Pete Horn, <laughs> Pete Horn was. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah. 
you know, I'm holding your shirt in a game doesn't mean you can turn around and hit me in the face and it'd be okay. Yes. Which is effectively what they're saying. Yeah. It's yeah, literally no, so stupid. It's usually the penalty that's given for the retaliation as well. In those sort of circumstances, yeah. if you think about people throwing punches or whatever it is, it's never the initial shirt grab. Yeah, exactly. It's the retaliation. I just, I don't know. It's, and the TMO looked at it in the match, right? No, it was missed. No, so it was missed. It was missed, and that's why it was picked up by the sighting commissioner. Why doesn't Pete Horn say something to Laidlaw and then tell the ref? Well, um, Hoggy was calling for it in the game, but the ref was sort of just passed for it. Oh, really? And Hoggy also said this about it at a press conference today. You know, these things happen, but, you know, you do question uh, what the TMO is doing. You know, he's... He can have a look at it three or four times, or as many times as he wants. So I think the unfortunate thing is we we got a good outcome on the on the back of that phase of play. So uh, we didn't necessarily uh, look back at it. But Pete Horn's a hard bugger and just managed to get on with. It, so I uh, didn't whinge about it. So um, look, we've all seen it back now, and everybody's got their own views, and uh, mine is no different to, to anybody else's. So I don't know. It it feels to me that just in the world where we're at in rugby, where any sort of head collision. Like if you look at the Danny Cipriani one for Gloucester like three weeks ago, yeah, where he's yeah. basically like really accidentally caught someone on the yeah. head and he's put his hands up and said, I'm really, really sorry about that. That was just me getting in a bad position. Yeah. He's getting a straight red and a ban. Yeah. And now we've got a guy on the ground like really aggressively yeah. moving to hit somebody. And yeah. World Rugby are sort of, I don't know, it just... You know, it, you've convinced me. It's just annoying. <laughs> And I'm not that fast because I don't want it to be like, oh, we would have won if we no, had 14 max. I don't think it wasn't called on the pitch, so whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm just worried that at some stage in a very important game, there's going to be an innocuous head knock and Scotland are going to be down to 14 men. I just think the head, the way that they're adjudicating like the head at the moment is so unpredictable. Every, that every, just- every week there's some fuck up from a referee or how the referee has felt like he's had to interpret things because the laws aren't clear and then World Rugby come out and say something that's unclear as well. It just, I don't know, it just seems like a bit of a shambles. It's difficult, but... But as Hogg says, Horn's a hard bugger, so... He is a hard yeah. bugger. You know. But you can be a hard bugger, but you can also be a grass we as well. Oh, definitely grass. <laughs> I mean, look, I want to win this match. <laughs> and we did get a positive outcome, which was the Watson try. The second time Scotland have done little line-out plays... Dunbar versus yeah. Ireland two years ago. But it was Cotter that time, wasn't it? It yeah. wasn't Townsend. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's... It was and it's nice. different forward coach as well, so... It was really, really nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Because the, 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 in the first line out of the game, I think they might... Did they throw it to Ryan Wilson at the front? He wasn't... He didn't jump up. He literally just, like, caught it yeah, in at turned. the front. And then, so for the rest of the game, from, like, that try onwards there was like one South African guy just stood at the front <laughs> with his hands up, <laughs> just like ready to go, just in case. I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm going to say it was disappointing, but it's a positive performance that we're in the mix. And there's, the things that let us down are, broadly speaking, changeable. And when we have a loose head that can scrummage, we'll be able to play with 15 men on the park, not 14 and Gordy Reid. Yeah, that's true. Which is... He did his job, though. It was Nell that gave away the penalties, not Gordy. That is the thing. Gordy Reid obviously was given a job. Just don't give any pens in the scrum. Because that's why they didn't start Dell. Yeah. You know, that's, that's got to be the only reason. Oh, yeah, And of to be fair, Gordy Reid didn't give away any pens in the yeah. scrum. Although, when he was trying to chase Sean Maley on that try, <laughs> I felt so bad, so bad for him. Or I think it was maybe... Was it LaRue or Pollard who just like ran around him for the second try? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it is. It's as we were talking about this offer. It's kind of like the Cardiff game last year when we had Welsh and Reed starting up front. It's just yeah. like you guys scrummage, but in open play, that is it's just not. It's got, just not good enough. I don't think fourteen like, men or thirteen men. You compare that to the Irish props. Yeah. they can do both, and they're like maybe exceptions because they're both freaks. But I don't know. Yeah, we need to move beyond that. I think. I think we need anyway. To. Let's leave South Africa where it was, and let's focus on a quiz, Alan, shall we? Let's do that. Um, right. <laughs> to kick things off, yep. Right, you've both got 10 seconds, 5 seconds. Okay. How many games have Scotland played since the Rugby World Cup 2015? Twenty. Twenty-four. Thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-two. Thirty-two games since the Rugby World Cup so, in 2015. What, three Six Nations, so that's 15. you got three uh, Six yeah. Nations, like three, sub, three, summer tours, three, three Autumn awesome internationals. internationals. Rocking up. I just, I, I didn't have enough time. If you give me the 10 seconds. Mate, you're 1-0 up. It's close. Yeah, it's good. Well done. Oh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Not going to complain anymore then. That's great. Second question, and Dave, what you to give the answer first. How many captains have Scotland had... Over the course of those 32 run, games. Run on captains. Run on So captains, captains at the start. At the start of the game, how many people have been captain for Scotland since the 2015 World Cup? Five. Hannah, you got an answer that for feel, me? That feels high. <laughs> I've got to five as well, but... I think I got to I'm going to say... Like there must be more. Six. Six is on the money. Six captains. Six. I couldn't. I couldn't name them. But six people of captains. So let's do it. Laid this, law. This, 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 this is the next, next part. Of the oh quiz. shit! <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. What a good quiz. Right, Annie. Starting with you. Who oh. are the six people? You're gonna go one for one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Six people to have captains. Scotland. Laid law. Laid law is correct. Rambo. Rambo is correct. Barclay. Barclay is correct. So those are the three I had. <laughs> um. Who else is Scott Captain? Hog. Well, I mean, we were going one for one. Yeah, no, that's fine. You've got Hog. Hog is correct. One against USA. Yeah, I thought it was USA. Loss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, can I just go again? Yeah, just go. Gilchrist? Gilchrist is correct. Away to Canada on the summer tour this year. Um, one more. One more, right? One more. So. Can you name the game? I can, I can name you the Will game. Will it give it away? So in the Six Nations, it's always been Laidlaw and Barclay. Barclay. Yeah. I think apart from the Wales game this year, where it was McAnally, it's always been Laidlaw and Barclay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilchrist and Hogg obviously did US and Canada. Yep. Summer Tour 2016, Japan away. Laidlaw captained the first game, but this guy captained <laughs> the second away game to Japan. Oh, and actually, to be fair, I can't even this guy actually did captain one of the games in the Rugby World Cup. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, and he's in the backs. He's in the backs. Pergos. Pergos, mate. Ah. Yes, he's back on song. I think, he ca- I think he captained in the USA game. Yeah. Either the US or the ja- Japan game in the Rugby World Cup. And he captained the second game away to Japan. Unbelievable. One last final question. I mean, Hanny's won. How many times do you think Barkley and Laidlaw have captained over the 32? 
Um, 15. Out of the 32? Each, yeah. Each? Each, but added together. I mean, okay, added together. Uh, what, what do you Added together. I have 32. Uh, 27. It's correct. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just took away no, the, the yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah. Barkley, 14. Laidlaw, 13. And then has everyone else just done it once? McAnally, 2. Oh. And then the rest was. <laughs> well, my maths are wrong, but I was right at the end. <laughs> McAnally was captain, because he was tour captain, and then didn't play US or Canada, but played the Argentina game. Yeah, that yeah. That was a really good quiz. That was good, mate. Well done. Right. Although I noticed on Saturday that it appeared, maybe this was just right at the start, but McAnally led out the team, but he was vice captain. Or at least at some point in the change rooms, he really? was at the front. Mm. But, yeah. Pack leader. Because I messaged you guys, and I was like, how ridiculous is it that McAnally was like nearly get dropped from Edinburgh? And oh, it's yeah. Now oh yeah, yeah. But when I actually really looked at it earlier today, he was uh, Laidlaw was actually captain. Interesting. But there you go. There you go. Um, right, should we have a look ahead to the weekend? The last of um, Scotland's autumn internationals against Argentina. Um, Gregor Townsend has already kind of said in the press that he is going to ring the changes for this um, game. So with that in mind... What do you guys think you need? What changes would you make? And what do you think Scotland needs to do to, to close it out with a win? The thing is, we said at the start that we needed a, a good a good autumn international would be three wins. Yeah, yeah. I had actually written down as my third question. We'll get to it. Is it a terrible autumn if we lose? Yeah. I think it probably is. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, so what, you, I don't, you know, you, you want to pick your best. Well, I suppose you could make changes from the South Africa and strengthen the team. Yeah. I so you could was, bring in. Dell, yeah. I mean, Possibly. I think there's a rotation point here as well because this is four, four games back to back. Yeah, and there's some people who haven't played at all. Yeah, I, I think maybe you bring in Kinghorn starting. Well, I was just gonna say for, I'd be tempted to put him in instead of Maitland and give Seymour a bit of a run. Yeah, because it looks like Seymour's doing uh, Maitland's doing fine rather. Yeah, no, um, he's looking, great. He's looking yeah, really, really good. Would you think about? Putting in Hastings? Well, I mean, Hastings did play the game against Argentina away when we kind of tore them up. Um, I think that you want to keep Laidlaw and Finn together for one more game. That is our number one partnership, and we're going to rely on it a hell of a lot. I think we need more and more game time. I think it will be a bit more selective changes. And I actually think it'll be more in the forwards than in the backs. Where I think they've so got sort more of options. Gilchrist in, maybe. Yeah, I think Gil- Strauss maybe. Yeah. Unless if if not, then Wilson's going to start at all four matches, and yeah. also Nell would have started all four. So I could see maybe a, they'll I put see a Bergen, Bergen, Brown, and Dell. Still pretty good. Bergen, Brown, Dell is a is a very decent um, yeah. front row. And then I think Gilchrist with Gray and or uh, Gray and or Gray or Skinner. I think they might rotate out yep. of Gray. Has Gray had a good autumn? It's not a bad autumn. Yeah, well, this is the thing. But that's like, him, isn't it? That is that is exactly him. It's like consistent seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. But this is why we were saying I think he needs to be with someone like Gilchrist, who... A bit flasher. Yeah, can just, and is a bit more... I don't, Gray will just make tackles. Yeah. Which is, is a good... Yeah, yeah, to have in your team you'll tackle hit rocks rock and you'll rock and maul until the cows come home that's yeah. what you'll do yeah 
But then it just, again, means that you have one less guy on your team who is going to be making yards off 10. Particularly if you have a back row of, of someone like Wilson and even like a Richie. They're yeah. not really big yeah. ball carry. Skinner kind of to be fair, remains to be seen. The only game that I've ever really felt that Gray properly stepped up, maybe in the last year, was Saracens for Glasgow. Yeah. Where he actually was a bit of a yeah. beast. Yeah. And was putting in some real dominant tackles. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that, why that was, but I don't think he's managed to hit that level of form for Scotland this year. Yeah. Um, Gary, Gary Graham, can we, can we cap? I, might. I reckon he'll get on the bench. I think he might get on the I bench. Think I think he'll get capped. Um, so he get booed if he comes on? Nah. A wee nah. boo? A wee boo. I'll boo him. Just a wee boo. <laughs> I won't, I won't really. Um, so what are we saying? Probably Gilchrist and then Gray or Skinner. I don't. I couldn't see them keeping giving BBT another game. Nah. What's the point? And then a back row of Strauss, Richie, Richie Watson. I quite like that back row. Yeah, I like. I, re- I, I really like that. that back row. That's just. <laughs> A balanced back row. That's all we want. Yeah, I mean, I really like that back row. Um, is Bradbury still out injured? I think so, yeah. yeah. They haven't said anything. Yeah, I reckon he is. Um, that's why I think you might see Gary Graham on the bench. Yeah. Because that would be a Bradbury-shaped hole, wouldn't it? Or a Blade Thompson-shaped hole. I think Jamie Ritchie will definitely start. Yeah, I think he deserves to. He was absolutely awesome against um, Fiji. Yeah. Mm. Great to see him getting another run. Yeah. I suppose there is now the consideration of pro games at the weekend as well, so some people are going to get sent back. Yeah. So they need to be thinking a little bit along those lines. But Do you, you don't think they'll think a little bit strategically and keep all their non-Scottish players in the team just to make sure that they're making their domestic teams as strong as possible? So you might think, well, you, actually, we could drop Laidlaw and give him a rest, but then that means that Horn and Price have to play... Whereas if you keep Ladle on the team, one of Horn or Price can now play for Glasgow on Friday night. I'm sure that level of... I'm sure they Do they, don't think like that. I, yeah, I don't know. I I'd, li- I'd like to see Horn get on the bench this time. Yeah. Just like have another little shot. Because I just think... Yeah. I against like quite a... Maybe like a team that are a bit lumbering. Horn he absolutely tore them up in the summer. Well, yeah, exactly. I also haven't been overly impressed with Price off the, off the bench. No. No. I think if you're going for a bench option and you want that live wire, you pick George Horn. And it would it would have Price but it, it would have been Halley Price like a year and a half ago. Exactly. But, but George Horn, Horn is, is doing, kind of is doing that better now. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Now whether I would start Price ahead of Horn is a different question if Laidlaw was injured, but I still think that Horn if we're going off the bench, Horn's our num should be that guy. Yeah. Agreed. Mm. I reckon I, they might, I reckon they might get the old band back together. The old Game the the team that beat Argentina in the, <laughs> the exact same what well, Doogie five from the way Horn, Horn Hastings starting at nine and ten was what I was meaning Matt Ferguson at eight although I don't know if Matt Ferguson will be back he was coming uh, back from a dead leg so maybe um, he will be there, Sam Johnson getting a getting a nod that could be Still interesting being capped that could be quite interesting is he fit again I thought he got an injury that's the problem oh, that's I think point. he's injured oh yeah he got injured yeah. and he sent back there is no team in world rugby who need a win more than Argentina. A win. A win. Uh, yeah, possibly. They, I mean, did pretty crap in the rugby championship. Australia. I suppose they beat Italy. Australia did beat Italy. <laughs> They've been beaten by France. They've been beaten by Ireland. Yeah. Have they played maybe one other game? I can't, th- I can't think off the top of my head. 
Don't know. I think maybe just those two. Yeah, I think so. Like, I feel like they, they're they at the end of a long season. They they need, they need they want to win. And this is their sort of final game before I think they that's them done yeah. for about three months. And I suppose that can go one of two ways. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's in, when, we beat, when we beat them in the summer, it seemed like they're at the end of a long season. Though I, uh, We've still got to Leave us going. alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, I think it'd be well. I I think Scotland desperately need a win. Actually, yeah, because I think if we lose to Argentina, you can contextualize the South Africa performance as that was a decent knockout against a very very high quality team, and we've learned a lot of lessons. And you know, we've inputted it against a slightly weaker team, and we've beaten them. We are a Scotland team on the up. I think if you go on to lose against Argentina, that's that's very poor. Yeah, and you you come out. One out of four, beating Fiji. Beating which, Fiji. Yeah, that's... we basically didn't fire a shot against Wales. Against a sort of a could have won game against Wales. Could have won game against South Africa, and what we don't know about it against Argentina. But that is not the progression that Scotland need to be making. Scotland have always, you know, outside of World Cups, randomly always done well. Yeah, always they've done had Argentina's well. number. Yeah, so I, I reckon you're looking at Scotland. 10 to 15 point win. Yeah, I'm minded to think the same. I I think Argentina can't be arsed. They want to go home. Uh, yeah. It's a tough one to call. I think Scotland will just have enough to edge it. Yeah. It's, it might not be that great a match. I've got a feeling it might not be a great match as well. We'll see. I think we're going to put in the young lads. Argentina essentially, I don't know if they, they're all sort of historically, I was like, oh, they're great, like, tight five team but I don't actually think that's what they are anymore and so I think actually we'll have less of an issue in the forwards than, than, than against South Africa than yeah. against South Africa oh, and, and, against, yeah. and against Wales mm. yeah I agree with that um, and whilst Argentina got some pretty sexy outside backs I, do, I don't think we'll have so to so do we so do we and I think ours are sexier so so weird um okay well all predicting scotland wins that's nice oh, yeah. nice and positive fingers Delight. crossed take that you naysayers um right finally very quickly pro rugby returns glasgow hosting cardiff on friday night i think we can caveat this whole conversation with it depends on who gets re- um, <laughs> released from scotland and wales yeah yep exactly Kind of like the conversation we had three weeks ago, so let's not spend that much time on it, I don't think. Glasgow should still win. Glasgow should absolutely still win. Friday night, at home. Especially after they pumped them in the Champions Cup as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Glasgow will be fine. Glasgow will be fine. They've um, also still just got... They do have a few of those players like Kebble, Gibbon... DTH. D, oh, DTH be with Canada at the right uh, Oh yeah. Well, if you think about, it, they'll, prob- they'll probably put out um, Kebble. Um, they're going to get Lee Jones back. They're going to get Nick Grigg back. Ke- Kebble, George Turner, Alex Allen, or Darcy Ray. Yeah, Scott Cummings. Scott Cummings. It, sh- it should be enough. It, it, will, sh- it, it, it should absolutely be enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I can't see it not being. Yeah. Sounds very good. And then the big one, Sunday night, Edinburgh away. <laughs> what a way to end your weekend. Edinburgh down at Rodney Parade playing against the Dragons, 5.30 on a Sunday evening. How many Edinburgh away fans do you think are going to be at that game? Any, the the issue is as well is you won't, you, can, you won't be able to fly back Sunday night. 
So you have to take the Monday off work. You'd have to take the Monday... Or get get the red eye from Cardiff to Edinburgh. Have a word with I'm those Edinburgh people. expats living in Newport and or Gwent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are going to be the people that are going to be there. <laughs> it's oh my it's word. just like classic... Was it Premier Sports is just like staggered their games and they're like someone's got to play at 5 30 on a yeah. sunday night and it's yeah. gonna be you yeah i mean edinburgh again caveat who they get back from scotland but Mate, they, newport are awful i agree like they are literally but terrible. if there's gonna be one team that loses to newport on that kind of sunday night 5 30 no internationals it is Edinburgh Rugby. That might be the hardest game to motivate yourself for. Yeah, uh, how are you getting up for that? No, like NSI away in the Challenge Cup in Siberia. You know what? I think there's almost something like a little bit j- jokey about that, that you can kind of build yourself up, whereas this is... Who was that team that Edinburgh played in the Council of State last year in S- Russia? Timisoara. Timis- no, that was Romania. Krasnia. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Krasnia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was absolutely I still think Edinburgh yeah. will have enough. I think they've got to have enough. Yeah. Get Bill Matter shit back in. Will he still be with Fiji? No, I think they only had two. Yeah, I can't games. see a fixture. So I think they're actually done. Well, that's very good news. Yeah, uh, maybe he won't get to play though. Maybe we'll get rested. No, no, Fiji are playing. That's rubbish. Oh, really? <laughs> playing against France away. So oh, well, oh, well there you go. Yeah, <laughs> obviously away. Um, uh, I mean, I still think Edinburgh got. Yeah, surely they've got to win that. Yes, no, please, definitely. please. Do the Dragons have any Wales players? Ross Moriarty, Corey Hill, Corey Hill, Moriarty. I mean, the Moriarty, Gavin Henson, Moriarty, Moriarty. <laughs> I'd love if Gavin Henson was playing. Um, <laughs> Tyler Morgan, a couple, a couple. The Dragons are, yeah, they're, yeah, they're we should, well. We let's win. end it on that note. Then. Yeah, they are rubbish. <laughs> yeah, and we'll come back from when Edinburgh have lost to them, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have that particular oh, dear. on our faces. Okay. That'll do. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. Write us an email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Get yourself onto iTunes, subscribe. Get yourself onto ACAST, subscribe. Leave us a review. If you bump into us in the street, say hello. Goodbye. Bye bye. Cheers. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you the secret to visibly firmer summer ready skin is here osea's number one best-selling andaria algae body oil Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. 
This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.